Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. So, have we done anything Doctor Who-esque this <laughs> I'm scratching this week? my head. <laughs> Nothing's coming to mind. Yeah, actually we do have things to talk about, but we're just going to probably save our usual banter to the end, because of course, new, new Doctor Who! Hooray! Yes, yes, and so we're very excited to be talking about the new Doctor, new series, new everything. And so, to help us with this, we want to bring in a guest to bring in some other perspectives. So, we are pleased to welcome to the Time and Space, TARDIS, whatever we want to call TARDIS, this. TARDIS, yeah. Sure. Hanging uh, out in the small box. Exactly. Uh, Sue, kissing weather. Sue, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, doing good. Now, you're coming fresh off of New York Comic Con. I am. you had your own Doctor Who premiere experience. Yes. Along with... 5,500 other people we packed into Madison Square Garden to watch the simulcast. And um, amazing. Yeah. Immediately after the simulcast, uh, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall and uh, what's his name? Oh, the executive producer. Strevens. I can't remember Mm -hmm. his first name. Uh, We're all there and uh, gave us about 45 minutes of panel talk which was really excellent one of the best cast panels that i have been to in a really long time and by coincidence in case you missed it uh, we released um, an audio recording of the doctor who panel um, earlier in the week so if you didn't uh, get a chance to hear that please listen to that on either the time and space stream or on the nerd party stream itself Um, so I, i mean obviously you know people can listen to themselves or sort of maybe two or three highlights from the panel that really stuck with you i think that they they sort of come out swinging like they didn't shy away from any of the hard questions they spoke about how their goal is inclusivity and diversity they spoke about how they wanted to create this character with a disability and do it right. And Chibnall spoke about how his nephew, I believe nephew, also has dyspraxia and how they worked with a dyspraxia organization to make sure they got it right. But that although this was a defining characteristic for this companion, it's not the defining characteristic for this companion. So it's it seems like they are being very thoughtful about everything. And I mean, the the very first question to Jody was, what do you have to say to the girls and women out there watching you? So I mean, it was it was right on target from the very start. Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. And I have a friend of mine who uh, has dyspraxia. And he put on Facebook right after the episode, how overjoyed he was to see himself represented yeah I mean, and i just think that's so important it's, it's it's really the little thing so we definitely encourage folks to listen to that whole panel but let's let's get into it so of course we're gonna be talking about the woman who fell to earth series 11 episode one premiered of course just recently october 7th year of our lord 2018 darling do you want to read the tardis.wikia synopsis for this episode yes please A newly regenerated doctor must rally her newfound friends to defeat an alien attack upon a northern town without the TARDIS to help her. Right. So not a lot to go there, but let's just get right into it and talk about 
the Thirteenth Doctor. So Sue, from from falling to Earth to revealing her costume, what did you think of the Thirteenth Doctor? Um, we've only had an hour, but I love her. <laughs> I love yeah. her. Um, I think the thing that sums up my reaction the most is the the meme I saw posted shortly after the episode aired that uh, was you know Doug from Up uh, under her photo that says I just met you and I love you. <laughs> so, what would you what you think, darling? I mean, from I mean anything really. What would what, you think of of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor? Yeah, no, from the get go, I just thought she was the Doctor. There wasn't any. It stopped. Obviously, they talk a little bit about her being female. You know, the Madam, Madam. Why do you call me Madam? It it didn't matter. She was the Doctor. That was just what she was, and uh, it felt that way from the minute she came on screen. Yeah, and I liked how, you know, I mean, you talk about all the different uh, New Who first episodes, which we talked about last week. She was sort of a woman on a mission. You know, she was there to find out what's going on and to help people. Like, that's that's what she was locked into, um, you know. Looking for a doctor. That's right, you know. And she's like, well, you know, who I am, I'll figure that out later. But right now, there's a mystery, there's people. to do, yeah. Yeah, and so she was sort of, you know, action-packed from the get-go. And it was sort of very interesting because she kept, you know, sort of going towards the monster and, you know, even, you know, without a TARDIS or a screwdriver until she bloody made one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she was typically going, you know, towards the action. To- and so mm-hmm. some parts are like, she'd really be going towards the monster. You know, <laughs> yeah. you really don't have anything to do. But she's sort of speaking with authority. You know, you get out of here. You know, all these things. And so I just thought that was that determination very early on. And the, the it's like a quiet confidence because she doesn't know who she is and she doesn't know what she can do and what's, but she just knows she's what in charge. she's supposed to yeah. do. I would argue that she does know who she is. She just doesn't remember what she calls herself. Right. Because mm-hmm. she's, she's showing us who she is. She knows that when there are people in trouble, she tries to help. And she knows that she can do things. She has the confidence to do things. And... Even if she might not be totally correct that she'll be good at something, she has the confidence to try. I think that's what really jumped out at me the most when she said, I'm good at building things, probably. <laughs> probably. And then, then just tried. <laughs> but like the the fear of trying wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And, and like then, it yeah. sounds maybe a little saccharine, but it sort of reminded me of like being a kid when mm. I, I think especially for like young girls who are interested in sciences in exploring there there is no fear there and that's something that we learn as we get older right is to to shy away from engineering to shy away from sciences and that's not in this doctor mm, absolutely yeah it, it reminds me of a thing we would always go to like a little performing dinner party where the from a performing and art standpoint they would say you know you go to like a a grade school you put in a bunch of instruments and then kids start playing with it but you put a bunch of instruments into a high school class people are like oh no i'm too cool i'm not doing mm-hmm. that i'm not you know whatever because you know people don't play around anymore and so but that's sort of like you know play do try all this repeat star wars <laughs> things um yeah um but yeah no, I, I did think it was it was so interesting um in, in many ways like i i understand it but for an American audience, there are a lot of northern accents going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, this doctor, you know, she I, I understood her, but she's going to kind of take some. Yeah, and I didn't even think about this. And I didn't see any Twitter comments of had to turn the subtitles on. <laughs> um, so it wasn't train spotting or anything like that. But, uh, yeah. 
I hadn't thought about people having to attune their ear to it more. Right. It was a little bit difficult, I'll be honest, with the the audio in a large theater in something mm. as, as large as MSG where we had a bit of an echo. So that we definitely a lot of people were paying more attention and really had to to parse things correctly to make sure we were following it. It took some getting used to. Watching mm. it again at home, different story. Absolutely <clears throat> fine. But really quickly, I actually want to to talk about what you brought up, where where she said, "Oh, I I am I'm a woman," and <laughs> the it, when I uh, speaking of watching it again at home, they had that Doctor Who after show on BBC America, right? And the host was like sort of paraphrasing that line, and she said, "Oh, I am. Does it look good?" And I'm oh. no, that's not what she said. <laughs> she said. Does it suit me? Or does it suit? Yeah, does it suit? <laughs> and I, there's, I just want to state, there's a very big distinction there. Because it's not about appearance, it's about personality. Does yeah. it suit? And the answer is, hell yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think it's a good point, particularly because... Um, there has been talk about, ooh, let's talk about her outfit because she's a woman and that's what we talk about with girls and those sorts of things. And you're absolutely right. It wasn't about how does it look. It was about how do I, how do I fit? Mm-hmm. How, you know, and that was really nice. I loved that line. I thought it was brilliant. And I, I thought one thing <clears throat> I was thinking about her and – it was one of those things like, you know, these are sort of stereotypical, like, female character words I'm about to use. But I'm like, it's it's an aspect of the Doctor that has always been there. But we ne- didn't necessarily see all that much with the 12th Doctor. And I'm not criticizing Peter Capaldi or anything like that. But, you know, she was very, you know, caring. Um, she she was uh, building new friends. She was accepting the group. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it wasn't like, get away. I don't do hugging. I don't, you know, that, that we kind of got with the 12th Doctor. I mean, he warmed up eventually. I'm not trying to, you know start a fight or anything but anyway <laughs> but but you know this was very much more of a oh you know these are you know <laughs> calling yasmin yas because we're friends now you know i and, love that you, that was so great <laughs> she's like gang fam whatever <laughs> i like fam <laughs> yeah. but then the fact that and since someone had pointed this out that this is one of the few times the doctor stays you know, because the ending, and we'll, from a narrative standpoint, we'll, I'll put that aside for a moment. But the ending where you did have the death and the funeral and, you know, the doctor wasn't just sort of standing out next to the TARDIS because there wasn't a TARDIS or, you know, wherever. <laughs> you know, she was there. She was engaged. She was staying for all of this and being with them before finding a way to get back. Instead right. of, like, with a lot of other doctors to be like, okay, I'm done. Let me go fiddle around so I can find my TARDIS. It was like, I'm let me talk to these people, you know, talking to Graham, you know, what'd you mean when you said you didn't have time left and, and kind of getting to know these characters. So that was sort of a different aspect from a doctor, which, you know, quote unquote, traditional uh, female aspects. But I think it's sort of aspects of the doctor, which we've seen, but maybe haven't seen in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we see, you know, some of that with tenants showing back up for Donna's wedding yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, you know, things like that. We do see it. It just feels a little heightened, perhaps, partly because we haven't seen it in a while, because Capaldi's Doctor was a little bit less of that, and also because we're seeing it in a female form. I definitely get some Tenant vibes in general, I think, from the performance, but Mm. I don't think she's copying. She didn't steal any mannerisms. I think it might just be the way that they're writing the Doctor again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just from a, uh, a silly origin point, it's like, I got her clothes, 
when did she get her ears pierced? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, wanna, yeah. What do they do at that thrift shop? But anyway. I mean, it <laughs> takes half a second. <laughs> and in a charity shop, you know, I'm sure they've got a needle and a potato. <laughs> Jobs are good. <laughs> I like to think that she really just wanted one earring, but she kept messing up, so she just put like ten of them in, and so. They... <laughs> um, but anyway, cool. I'm good at piercing ears. <laughs> I think. Probably. Just see this pool of blood. Yeah. Do they go in both ears? Oh well, whatever. <laughs> Um, but, but anyway, so more to say, but we'll, we'll kind of go fastly here and then double back as we think of more. So meet the companions. So, uh, Ryan Sinclair was sort of our, our framing character, if we want to use that term. Mm-hmm. And we talked about sort of his, his background and what we saw. Interesting family dynamic. So we have Ryan, uh, we have his, uh, Nan, Grace, and we mm-hmm. have his step grand, um, Graham. And so, um, and then his childhood friend. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 They're all connected. It's all yeah. connected. Yeah. Um, so, John, what did you think about Ryan um, as he struggled with the bicycle and struggled to climb and all those things? I feel like I immediately liked him, mm-hmm. um, partly because of the bicycle, you know, watching him, him struggle with that. And then I immediately liked Graham because he was kind of mean to Graham, you know? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I liked his... I think he was introduced well because it was an immediate family kind of situation. So he wanted to have some of the bluster of any sort of young man, but also his nan was there saying, no, reel it back, reel it back. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked the way they introduced him. I liked the, the YouTube setup, especially when... You know, for the audience, there was such hype, such buildup around, you know, we're going to see our female doctor. And he starts off with, I'm going to tell you about the the best woman I've ever met. So we're all expecting that to be the doctor. And then we get this whole story. And by the end, it's clear that it's his nan. And mm-hmm. it's it's really lovely. And it's, a, I think, a really nice framing device for this first episode. I don't know if that means that Ryan's going to be a YouTuber and we're going to see it more. <laughs> Um, I kind I of, I I kind of hope not. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't decide how I felt about it, but I wondered if we were going to have a, a more social social media conscious. They, yeah, I noticed the show. mention of WhatsApp, which I thought was yeah. interesting. But, yes. Uh, um, I'm kind of over the period in time where the companions like go back to their life and then go off with the doctor like on weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yes. travel yes. together, like be in the TARDIS, go do your thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need a job. <laughs> you have a TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can come back to that later. Yeah. No, yeah, I did the <clears throat> keeping it in the moment, but they, they were definitely trying, not in a bad way, to make like this is 2018. And these yeah. are people who live in 2018 that would do 2018 things. And so, yeah. And it felt a little bit like a callback to Amy and Rory. You know, you've got the bits where Rory overhears Amy talking about this amazing man who brings all these adventures <laughs> to her. And, <laughs> and, you know, Rory thinks, oh, the doctor, she loves the doctor. And she's like, no, it's you stupid head. Or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever term of endearment she's using for Rory at the time. Uh. So I think it was just a little, a little bit of an echo there that I quite liked. Yeah, and, and the fact that they introduced Ryan in sort of this family setting mm-hmm. and then friend setting, it does sort of ground him as a person, even though we're still learning him. I mean, we learned that he has, obviously... Dyspraxia. Well, yeah, and then I was going to say his 
complicated family relationship, though. Ah, uh, yes. You know, we all have perhaps, you know, but so he has issues with the dad. The mom has passed. Mm-hmm. Now the grandmother's passed. And then he has this awkward stepdad, step-granddad. Um, and so, and then that's sort of where he is. And then, and then he's sort of struggling in his personal life. Like, he's a warehouse worker, not happy about it, you know, and facing a lot of struggles. And so finding his way, as, as all young men and women do. So that's sort of an interesting context for him to, to then, where do we go from there? So, but speaking of, uh, step granddad, darling, we finally <laughs> got after all your talks. So I don't know if, if you've been listening, but Jessica has been bad mouthing Bradley Walsh for months now. So we now have Bradley Walsh, darling. What'd you finally think? I thought Bradley Walsh did a great job as Bradley Walsh. You mean a grand job? <laughs> a grand job. Yeah. No, I did. I did enjoy him. And I thought his speech, uh, at the end was really, really lovely. Eulogy. The eulogy, yeah, and it's 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 an I think it's a nice soft character in some ways that I'm looking forward. Again, I was quite hesitant about you know oh we got to bring an old white guy into this uh, to to because everybody needs an old white guy. Um, but I think it, again you know very slight echoes of Donna's grandfather coming in, and I think that there's the potential to do some really interesting things. And also, because he already has a relationship with Ryan, there's a lot of that to explore. Mm-hmm. He's also our skeptic. Yes. Yes. You don't look like an alien. Right. And I think, I think we need that, mm. uh, especially if the show is returning to sort of a whimsy and, and wonder sort of feeling. I think that uh, the skeptic can also provide some great comic relief. But, I mean... Maybe it's intended to be a little bit subversive that we do have our older white guy and he is the skeptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also me. like uh, the uh, I don't mean this as a critique, but, you know, he's going to be the most hesitant, the most likely not to run, you know, the most likely to be like, are we sure we want to do that? You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to the scaredy cat, but he's, you know, he's sort of the older experienced you know uh do we need to be messing about with that yeah, you know? i'm not sure my knees can take another <laughs> long distance but, the, uh-huh, and, but then uh-huh. we also sort of get the blue collar you know if you need to know anything talk to a bus driver mm-hmm. absolutely so pragmatic yeah well. uh-huh. but then obviously you know very you know big heart obviously with with grace and you know the whole it should have been me that died and then mm. and then also the the mortality bit that he's in remission that's a interesting character aspect mm-hmm. that yeah that may come back in now uh his his departed wife now grace that was oy. The, the woman who fell to earth yes that, oh. I, I almost you know if, if if i have some nitpicks for the episode it would be like man you really kill her wow wow <laughs> yeah. chris okay well this is how we're starting <laughs> You can't be surprised. We've seen Broadchurch. Yes, well, none of them is the murderer, though. <laughs> or are they? Yeah, that's right. So I did see one of the guest stars was the um, sexual assault victim from season three. Oh, so gosh. anyway. Although um, she's brilliant. She's yes. brilliant. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, it was, uh, and I can't remember the character's name, or I mean the actress's name, I mean. But yeah, that she was a, a heart. She was almost the heart of the episode. Mm-hmm. Grace for sure. One... I thought she was lovely. I, I really enjoyed the the attitude. Um, the well, we have to do something. They need help, even though they told us to leave. We have to do something. I mean, that's the kind of heroism 
I think that we need to celebrate because she doesn't she doesn't have expertise that we know of. She doesn't have training. She just knows she wants to help. And I think that is that's a very doctory trait mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of ways. Like I'm just going to go in and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do what I can. And it doesn't matter what happens to me. And I, I think that's the, the the sort of thing we need to celebrate that we don't see enough. Uh, that because people are are always looking out for number one, as it were, uh, instead of each other. So I, I, I mean, I'm praising her the same way that Ryan does, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and her attitude is also very, quite universal in terms of she's not saying, you know, my grandson's up there, I've got to go take care of him. Mm-hmm. It's we've got to help the whole situation, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. And I'm just hearing y'all talk, I think one thing I just thought of, whether it's true or you know, or purposeful or not, the fact that she's now no longer there, the doctor in some ways replaces her to Graham and Ryan. As the linchpin that keeps them together. I was thinking something similar, you know. To the, motivate them <clears throat> to Well, know. and the only thing that bound them together in any way was mm. her. And now she's gone, and so they have to figure out what their relationship is going to look like. And if the doctor weren't there chances are excellent they would drift and ryan would be completely alone and so would graham Mm -hmm. and finishing out the friends list i don't know if that's what we're calling them now um yeah the fan fan fan. list okay uh yes yasmin khan which i thought was it it, (laughs) new who seems to just have like no like five uh, professions because we have nurse yeah, Roy and grace (laughs) and now pc constable (laughs) we got gwen from torchwood and now you know I was Andy. Andy, going to show up at any moment? There are only yeah, there are only five careers possible in Whoville for the twenty people in Britain. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but Sue, what do you think of our new uh, our new fam? Yaz, I love Yaz. Mm. In case the doctor um, wasn't northern enough for you, <laughs> we have Yaz. I think that the early frustration we see from her when she's you know off dealing with that parking dispute is very relatable. I think. Uh, that the exchange she has early on with the doctor, well, I got to call it in. And what are you going to tell him? I think that is also very relatable because um, she's trying to follow the rules as best she can while in a situation that the rules were never created for. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think she's of the of the fam. <laughs> she's the <laughs> one that I'm gravitating towards the most right now. Uh, we'll see. Again, we've only had an hour, so we'll see how it all plays out. <laughs> But she she keeps wanting to apply logic and sense and order to situations where it there is none. Yeah, and I think they're sort of setting her up as a as a great character because she sort of just doesn't have the tools because she's young. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't have. She knows what she wants. She wants to do right. She wants some more. She just doesn't have the tool set of how do I deal with the situation? How do mm-hmm. I do? But you know, I think she'll gain a lot of experience in the next you know several episodes of this series. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where she comes out. She's definitely something who wants to do more. Who who obviously is looking for adventure or, or, or whatever, you know, trying to, to get the bigger cases. Um, a little bit like the Doctor's Apprentice in this right. case. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how she grows and what she then takes away back into her regular life, I think. Now, if there was something... Uh, Jessica, you wanted me to remind you of, you said you had some Twitter comment about diversity or something. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, not a Twitter comment. I, um, I, I polled my Facebook friends mm-hmm. 
who were who were you know anybody who said hey we're watching Doctor Who I was like okay I want to know what you think I want to know what you think and my friend Clint um, and I've been friends with Clint for ages and ages and ages and he also says he listens to our podcast so it was, which is very exciting hi so Clint shout out to Clint yay <laughs> he said to me I don't want to I don't want to read all of it but um, he said I'm looking forward to seeing Jody and the showrunners get comfortable with one another in the next few weeks and make this incarnation as distinctive as that of her predecessors. Right now, we all, women and men, need a light to guide us through the dark valley. The fact that the light comes from a sonic screwdriver makes it all the more bearable. <laughs> Which I thought was just beautifully put. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good thing to see right now, mm-hmm. and an important thing to see, and I kind of like that the light guiding us at the minute is a sonic screwdriver now with Sheffield steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting. You know, we, I, a little bit of like, oh, the screwdriver will be explained. And we're like, okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. Like, Can I tell you how much I love that? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just the, I mean, because we know that the TARDIS makes it when it, they, they redo the desktop. There we go. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, paper. like, it, uh, that's where that comes in. Like, I'll just make one. Mm-hmm. I'm with, I'm without a thing, a tool that I need. I'll just make it, which means she knows how to make it. She's not afraid to make it. All of the skills that it takes to make it. It's not just the electronics and the circuitry. She's programming it, but she's also, creating the casing for it so you've got the the melting the steel and the welding but i I, i'm not as comfortable with my classic who so i'll just say at least since chris eccleston the doctor has always told us that he's clever Mm -hmm. this doctor is showing us that she's clever ah interesting yeah yeah Yeah. no no i think uh, because i'm i i Quick context, uh, or you and you may know this. I don't want to be mansplaining classic here, um, but you know <laughs> I have uh, seen quite a bit, but yeah, not <laughs> a lot of everybody. So mm-hmm. mostly Tom Baker, who definitely got his hands dirty, and Sylvester McCoy, who was because more the of a, fifth a doctor was sort of the sonicless doctor, right? So he was he was the, the only one I always when it comes to sonics, that's the one I always think of, sort of a. You know, when he, when he met Tin, that was sort of things Tin was making fun of, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, but yeah, it, it, it was. And I, I like that we've sort of invented a new way because the Sonic has always been, you know, as the war doctor criticized, you know, pointing and he's like, it's not a. You know, it's a fine <laughs> instrument. Um, but anyway, she, now we have sort of the uh, the horizontal hold, or I don't know what you, what you call it. So I think that's kind of a cool way to the introduce. The Sheffield hold, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I really like the questions that at least I personally had before any of this started. You know, how in the world are they going to introduce three completely new companions all in one episode? Are they just going to bring them in one episode at a time? How are we going to get to know these people? How are they going to explain the, the, the sonic screwdriver? Because every time there's a new sonic screwdriver and everybody's like... Mm, okay, that one's new. and But, you know, as you say, the doctor's given it, and so we just have to sort of go with it. Um, and the, the, the bringing in of the companions and tying them all in together beautifully, and we get to see this Sonic being made so we understand why it looks the way it looks, for good or ill, and, and all of those things. I just think they these were things that, Chibnall and the rest of the writers 
took into careful consideration when they were writing. And not to be the guy concentrating on the sonic, uh, you know, for any symbolism. Um, but, <laughs> but like, that's why I never, I feel like I'm crapping on 12. But anyway, that's why I never connected to 12 Sonic. Because... His sunglasses? <laughs> now, as much as the sunglasses are, are silly, I, those make sense. Like, that's his character. It's defining. But, like, he actually had a Sonic screwdriver. But I was always like, I just felt like they just introduced it just to be like, oh, there's a new toy we can sell. Yeah. But it's like, I don't you know, just keep the 11s and then use the sunglasses. I mean, that would make sense. And they're like, here's a new one. And then we used it for a couple episodes and like, eh, never mind. Now we're using sunglasses. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Not anymore. So, but, but I like this one has a connection now, you know, and that's mm. always cool. So anyway. And so now, Sue, how soon are you going to be doing the 13th Doctor as Welder cosplay? Oh. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but maybe I should put it on my list. <laughs> mm. I, I suppose, you know. It would be very. I saw someone do this. This is not an original thought on my part. So, in comparing it to, and I'm forgetting the name. I know you'll know this. The um, woman Ghostbuster with the goggles. With the goggles, Holtzman. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. The um, I'm trying to the blonde. Sorry. Kate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate, Kate McKinnon, McKinnon. Julian yeah, Holtzman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can, I can see that comparison a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, a little bit of steampunk going on. I'm more of an Abby Yates myself, but sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> But that, that scene, she, she drew that back and hit the, the Sonic to turn it on, and it sparks. But in, again, in Madison Square Garden, she, when she came out holding up that Sonic, every hand in the place went up and turned on a Sonic screwdriver. No matter, you know, which, which generation of Sonic screwdriver it was, but there were thousands of little dots just raised in the air it was oh, kind of so astounding amazing like harry potter one yeah <laughs> the call has gone out or you know the the, the lighter at the heavy metal concert yeah. <laughs> i i wish there were a photograph of it but you know if you had a camera out you'd be kicked out so <laughs> fair enough cool uh, now let's talk about uh briefly the sort of the story <laughs> um um because this is my opinion I love the characters. Characters were great. Story was okay to me. Um, that's just me. Um, so we had the monster, Tim Shaw, who is <laughs> credited in the episode as Tim Shaw. Oh, which fantastic. It's funny. not his name. But not in the closed captioning. Oh, really? It's that's like funny. It's like T-Z-I-M, mm-hmm. I think. Zimzal. Well, th- doesn't matter. Tim Shaw. <laughs> I just, I just like Tim Shaw. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm regenerating here. I don't have time for long names. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So kind of a gruesome. Well, not kind of gruesome monster. I was yeah. like, oh, too far. Maybe? Yeah. When when they went to the collection of teeth, I was like, oh, Chris Chibnall, not again. Don't 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 make it weird. <laughs> and then he made it weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so- don't know why that was necessary. Mm. That didn't seem to me to be a plot point. No. Other than, why do you collect teeth? To stick them on my face. Yeah, yeah. I just, it, it seems unnecessary. Yes. Like, like if it had been, I mean, also gruesome, but if it had been like, because I was expecting, you know, when he took the thing off, and I forget how it was phrased, but this was my mind at the time. I think the doctor may have asked, you know, why do you collect the teeth? And he took the suit off and like, oh, we're going to see. I thought it would be like a necklace, you know, a common. Necklace makes sense. And that would have been gruesome bit, enough, yeah. you know. That would have been like, oh, gosh, he's really, uh, that's terrible. But not like, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, and I was just thinking. You made a guy spend six hours in a makeup chair for <laughs> this? <laughs> and this, and I know this is, kids are always fine. I mean, you can't, you know. Un- but I was just thinking, like, if there are a lot of 
kids watching them. I'm like, really? I mean, I don't know. Well, and and as you say, Sue, they don't use it. You know, if he were getting energy from them or vitality or calcium, you know. (laughs) It's just a trophy. Yeah, and we only, we don't see it ever, but we only hear about it from the one guy. Like every like he mm-hmm. kills the the guy who chucks salad at him. He kills the grandpa. Um, the grandpa that guy. Was, are you Chris? But he, but he doesn't seem to take their teeth. Oh, he does. He does. He does. does yeah. He? They, yes. I, I definitely remember sound. on the guy on the street. He like bends yeah. down and you hear like a gross. Oh, gross! Pulling yes. noise. I missed that. Sorry. Never mind. Uh, yeah. It the was the not U.S. I broadcast thought. the later one in the day had weird commercial breaks. I mean, I know Doctor Who always has weird commercial breaks in the U.S., mm-hmm. but it felt like they cut stuff out. You know. Yes. I'm. We're, we're going to be seeing it in the theater, even though it was two theater. hours long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We. I mean, of course, by the time it's up, we will have seen it in the theater. But right. I'm looking forward to it because BBC America had tons of commercials and i was you know following doctor who hashtag on twitter and Britain was like 10 minutes ahead of us yeah. you know easily in the episode and so i'm looking forward to watching it undisturbed and, and i know the i'm not a crazy person about you know uh aspect ratios but i know it was different than what they got so i'll be interested to see it on the big screen and probably maybe how you saw it too so yeah also we didn't even see the end credits <laughs> or the music. Like, I didn't see anything. Everybody's talking about how great the end credits and the theme song are. Oh, and they're so good. See? I know. I know. And we didn't see it. Yeah. So, it's we'll, very, we'll, we'll it's very, uh, it, it harkens back to the first Doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of that is, is in there. It reminded me of the 50th anniversary when they brought that back. It was, it's excellent. A plus and mm. credits. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, I do it. Well, and I think that there were a lot of callbacks to the first Doctor. I feel mm-hmm. like the 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 way they all ended up being uh, transported transported was the word that was coming <laughs> to mind. Transported into space felt a lot like the way Ian and Barbara ended up in mm-hmm. the TARDIS in the beginning in the first season. Well, well, it was funny because I mean, as soon as she was toying with the thing, I'm like, oh, they're all going, <laughs> <laughs> but. I did not suspect they were all going to be floating in space. So, and it was like, yeah. and, and because BBC America, like, it just sort of stopped and then went into the after show. Like, there's no credits. I'm like, well, I assume that's the end. But <laughs> nevertheless, it's a <laughs> harsh ending. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I do like it, you know, standalone episodes, but obviously we sort of left on a. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so and just overall story wise, you know, go through every plot, every plot. Like I said, the story, like, it's, uh, scary is not the word. Disturbing is not the word. It's just a little, like, mm, we killed a lot of people, which I'm not... A little bit gory. I mean, you know, there's not like there's no killing in Doctor Who, obviously. There's obviously lots of it, but it's just a little more... I don't know. It was a little turn-off. I mean, again, love the characters. I'm here for the characters. The story was not my favorite. Yeah, the thing I've heard a lot of people say, and I feel this way as well, is that we want a return to the lighter stories. Like, enough with the grim dark. Uh, but it's Doctor Who, and there is still a threat every episode, so we're still going to have death and loss. Yeah. But they they can still take the show in a lighter direction and deal with that. But it's it's it was a little bit rough, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I also yeah. don't think that... The, the story was definitely not the greatest story, but... That's not what this episode, in my opinion, was really about. This episode was about introducing these characters and the very large change that the franchise is making. 
and they just they just needed a vehicle for it. There is no way, in my opinion, that they really could have created an A plus story while there was so much just riding on the debut of this character. And while so much of it still had to be, uh, uh, the word's gone completely out of my head. We had to be, we had to learn all of this. Exposition. Exposition, thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, So much had to be exposition because we've got all these new characters. You know, it's frankly just people. And again, this isn't, I mean, a lot of just reacting. But that's how you sort of learn to the characters. React, 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 Mm -hmm. react to this, 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 react, react, react. So, but I mean, never. I mean, there was some proactive, obviously, from the Doctor and from all the other characters. Um, Boy, Grace was proactive there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you mentioned the exposition, and what they kept saying leading up to this was that this is going to be a fresh start season, that you don't need any of the history in order to enjoy it. And actually, mm-hmm. after Comic Con last night, I had a house guest for just one night, and mm-hmm. and the caveat, one of the caveats, was I'm going to make you watch Doctor Who again. Because I'm, I'm going to get a second watch in because I knew that the, the simulcast was going to be super loud. And she had never seen it. And she's like, okay, I'll give it a try, whatever. People have told me I'd like it. And when the episode ended, she turned to me and goes, so where can I stream this? Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So. And I think maybe that's, well, and I, Chris's gift and I'm sure the, is that he's character guy. Now, of course, yeah. I mean, he does plot well with all the projects mm. and everything else, but... He's a character guy, and so we tell him I'm not always a character person. I know that's sort of the, the 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 not to make it a fad, but I know that's sort of the way you write now for television. I still like a good story, <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 I think that is the value that he's adding here, and that all the other writers I'm sure will go crazy with them. So, but yeah, so like I said, it's, I mean to me, it's no eleventh hour, <laughs> but you know, so will I rewatch this episode? I don't, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, like when I in the obviously we're going to see yeah. the movie, together, <laughs> but but you know, but like, at least you know, once. BBC America basically played it 50 million times on Sunday. And I was like, after the first one, I'm like, can we change the channel? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm going to see it in a movie theater. I don't need to. So, but yeah, I mean, what did you all think about Killing Grace? Was it needed or was it? Yes. Okay. I do think it was. Because as you say, you know, she was sort of the linchpin for Graham and Ryan. And now either the doctor becomes that or they find their own thing that brings them together or it's a combination of both and so yeah i think i think unfortunately as much as i hate it yeah (laughs) i think it was also key for ryan too uh because he says in in that video you know i'm gonna go back out there for her and he doesn't go back out and succeed which like Mm. you know a plus for for person with disability not suddenly being, quote, fixed at the end of an episode. So there's that part one. But it's not... uh, Her inspiration to him is not that he's going to go out and do something. It's that he's going to keep trying. Yeah, that was one thing I was scared about at the end. I'm like, because I don't know anything about the disease. But I'm like, surely you just can't beat it by sheer will. I mean, like, you know, there has to be some sort of other aspects to it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of things. So like, you know, I'm going to cure this flu by not ha- wanting to have, you know, like, you know, that's not how diseases are cured, you know. But, but anyway, so I was like, I fully, I hope he doesn't succeed because it's kind of, you know, knowing nothing about the disease, which I'm sure I need to learn more about. It can't possibly be how it works. So, but it was good to see, you know, it is the trying, the journey and all that stuff and the journey begins. So, so, so final thoughts about the episode and what you're most excited about to see to come. Alan Cumming. 
Now, who, who, explain. So excited. What, what do you know him from? Because I, you know, I saw the sort of all the name, and I'm like, I, I know just by face, like the the woman from Series Three Broadchurch, um, the woman who's going to be playing Rosa Parks. So she's been in Doctor Who before. She was in mm-hmm. Forty Two, Chris's first Doctor Who episode. Oh, right. um, and Chris Noth. Oh, which I mean, I hate to go with the white American guy, but I'm like Chris Noth. Really? <laughs> From Law and Order? He's gonna. I'm like, he's, surely he's got to be the bad guy in the Rosa Parks episode, you know? Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> but but uh, anyway. what do I know, Alan? Coming from he was uh, he was the uh, yeah he was the MC in the revival of Cabaret and won a Tony. Okay, I was going to say uh, that is my first. This is what I know, Alan. Coming for. But he's, yeah, he's done so he's, much. He's Scottish-American, so his accent fluctuates quite nicely. Much like, I suppose, John Barrowman. I was going to say, that's mm-hmm. um, Possibly even more so. Um, trying to think what else, like film or... He was on The Good Wife and then The Good Fight mm-hmm. on CBS. Um, he did this that. weird uh, one-man The Scottish Play a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, where um, it the the play the conceit was that the play was all taking place in his mind and he was in an asylum. Hmm, interesting. I'm not sure. I'm even a little bit surprised by that. <laughs> it was it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it sounds, it sounds weird just, play. yeah. It properly. sounds very Alan Cumming, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it totally does. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think overall, again, I know I'll keep saying characters until it ends. But anyway, but as far as the 13th Doctor, who, of course, you know, that's what it's all about. Or, well, I mean, more or less. Um, like the end, you know, there were a lot of moments when we were talking about last week about Doctor, first Doctor moments. And I don't know if she got all of them that they sometimes have in those first episodes. But just when she finally appeared in her costume, it's so this weird dissonance because we've, or at least I've seen all these promo pics, yeah, and even the teasers. But like, it's weird to actually see her in the costume, just regular, like finally, you know, thank yeah, you, fine. But but it's cool. But I mean, it's like, yeah, that's that's awesome. Pockets and everything, you know, <laughs> that's what you're going with. It's comfortable. I so. love that. Um, but the moment I really loved was before her her I'm the Doctor moment. Where she's saying we can we can honor who we were and decide who we want to be next, mm-hmm. and I yes. mean clearly, it, people are going to say, "Oh well, that's a, a directly speaking to the fans who aren't happy about this change." Sure, maybe it is, but it's also true whenever you decide to make a change in your life. It's true when you change careers. Maybe you are going through something where you have lost someone or intentionally lost someone, maybe it can be also a political statement of we need to take a look at ourselves and do something different. Uh, It's applicable in so many situations, and it's not just a direct statement about regeneration, but it is. I thought it was really lovely. And in some case, maybe it's a little bit on the nose, but it's... I I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think there were a couple of moments that, that uh, Chibnall put in that were, you know, ever so slightly pointed. You know, it's it, this is new and new is scary or mm-hmm. whatever it is that she says as well. But that also 
is so the doctor. Yeah. You know, this isn't a new concept, this regeneration thing. And we have seen people struggling, you know, companions struggling to to readjust to their way of thinking. And the doctor, you know, gives not dissimilar speeches. Yeah, you could put those words into the mouths of any of the doctors. And they'd, yes. they'd be perfectly in place. Yes. Uh, but they just, they carry more weight. In, in this episode, or maybe it's just they carry more weight this week. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. All right. Well, before we go into the TARDIS library, Sue, you're going to get the last word as the guest. Oh, boy. Wait, wait. The woman who fell <laughs> to just Earth. Just one. Just one word. That's it. <laughs> Better be brilliant. <laughs> well, and I, I, well, I'll give you, uh, I'll vamp for a second for you, but I thought it was interesting of all the things we didn't see. We didn't see a TARDIS. We didn't see the new TARDIS interior. Yep, we, that's true. we didn't see the new uh, the intro. We, we didn't, uh, you know, we got the theme song at the end. And all these things of like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> We're not doing everything. We're just milking this newness for all it's worth, which I think is awesome. Oh, one word. I oh, it's so early still. Mm-hmm. But I feel I the the one I want to say is revelatory. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be true yet. Uh, so how about just exhilarating? Now, Sue, before we let you go, where can people find you online to talk about all things Doctor Who and especially anything New York Comic Con related? Well, if you want to just chat with me, I am on Twitter at Spaltor. That's S-P-A-L-T-O-R. And if you are also a Star Trek fan, you can find me over on the Women at Warp podcast where we talk about Star Trek and feminism. And that's at womenatwarp.com or on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming, Sue. Thank you so much for having me. Well, talking about exhilarating women will lead us into the TARDIS library. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. Back in the TARDIS library with just Jessica and myself, and we're doing something a little different. We're going to go with a book. Yes. Isn't it crazy? We <laughs> live wild lives. we are crazy like that. And so, speaking of exhilarating women, we are going to be talking about Doctor Who, The Women Who Lived, Amazing Tales for Future Time Lords by Christelle D. and Simon Guerrier. I'm saying that correctly, hopefully. Possibly. Um, This was released uh, September 2018. And darling, if you want to read the Amazon synopsis. Meet the women who run the Hooniverse. From Sarah Jane Smith to Bill Potts, from Susan Foreman to the 13th Doctor, women are the beating heart of Doctor Who. Whether they're facing down Daleks or thwarting a nesting invasion, these women don't hang around waiting to be rescued, except for Perry. They roll their sleeves up and get stuck in. Scientists and soldiers, queens and canteen workers, they don't let anything hold them back. Featuring historical women such as Agatha Christie and Queen Victoria, alongside fan favorites like Rose Tyler and Missy, The Women Who Lived tells the story of women throughout space and time. Beautifully illustrated by a team of all-female artists, this collection of inspirational tales celebrates the power of women to change the universe. Sure. So we read this on our respective Kindle app devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's sort of a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's 
because they're sort of featurettes. You know, each each character gets one or two or three pages. Well, at least on the Kindle, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure in the same in the, in the book as well. And then, as they said, there's an illustration, or perhaps two, or even three, depending on how involved the character is. And so it's alphabetical by first name, I yes. believe. Yeah, it starts with Ace. Ace. And so it is interesting how much it does cover. It, 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 as I'm reading it, I'm thinking like this covers a lot, and then like surely they're missing a lot too. But because it's you know classic to. To, to thir- you know, from Susan Foreman to the 13th Doctor, you know, and everyone in between. And so they actually do have a little honorable mention list at the end that are a little shorter featurettes with the, no illustrations. And even after that, they just have like a list of like, ah, eh, here's some women too. Yeah, here's some other ones that we've <laughs> forgotten. So yeah, it, I feel pretty certain that they included all the women in Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever, you know, if they got a line in Doctor Who, they get at least a name drop in this um this book so that was exciting and it made me there was you know reading about some of the not necessarily the the companions i haven't met but some of the characters and some of the companions but you know this talking about some of their stories that i went oh i'd kind of like to see that episode Mm -hmm. oh you know so i might use this as a little bit of a reference guide of okay i want to watch that episode that's right Figure out which one it is and find it. Maybe you can start picking the classic episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was cute. You know, it sort of has this sort of, uh, I don't mean that in a derisive way, um, but uh, it sort of has this sort of fairy tale setting that so all starts or, you know, of like, you know, this is. Once upon a time, there was, there was a, a woman, woman who, who something. Something, you know. So now as a practical aspect, I don't, I don't know if I would recommend this book to sort of people who aren't pretty good fans. You know, like this isn't an introductory book. Well, unless, I, I guess, unless you just wanted to read it and be like like you said and like oh i want to read that yeah watch that episode but i don't know i don't know who who would you suggest this book for maybe somebody who has started to get into it Mm -hmm. and wants to know more or somebody who's interested in getting into it and wants to know more first Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah as i said you know reading about i am traditionally not always a big fan of the classic who's but reading these descriptions, I was like, oh, I really want to see that episode. Um, so I think it's good for drawing people in. But as you say, there are a lot of, you know, characters that you go, uh, do you want to chuck this at somebody who has no who experience? I'm not sure. Yeah, is it, is it good as a lure or is it good as someone who's seen it? You're like, oh, yes, you know, like a book to be read about your favorite character descriptions. I think maybe for someone who wants to learn more. Because okay. it is nice to, to revisit and see, oh, yay, I've gotten to River Song and I love her, <laughs> you know. But again, also these names that either I haven't seen their episodes or I haven't seen that particular episode, even though I've seen that character and, and does make me want to, to delve deeper. Yeah, and the illustrations are are interesting i think some are better than others but but yeah, uh, yeah, but, but 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 i i think it is they're all different they very evocative and then they're different ways of viewing different perspectives you know some of them are a little and i again not to be derivative a little more cartoony than say portraits mm. i mean there's some that are very like oh that's the person more sort of the uh more rougher essence yes of the character and so it's interesting to see how everyone attacks I liked it to, because a lot of times um not always but with several of them they would put a picture of them at the front of, before the story starts and then a picture at the end and so i'd get to the picture in the front and i'd sometimes try and guess who, who it, was, it was yes and of course because it's alphabetical i could cheat ever so slightly but yeah 
I think I had some confusion with Victoria, Vicky, and Zoe or something. But anyway, and I was like, ah, I can't remember which one's which. Yeah. But anyway. But um, it does, as you say, it includes the 13th Doctor. It includes Yaz. I'm having a look through the... Uh, index. Index. The and it doesn't include Grace. No, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know how exactly how much they had access to when this came out. Yes, fair so. enough. Yeah. But but Yaz is definitely there, and of course, and I don't know. Can we go to the spoilers? Oh no, I, I think that was my favorite part because yeah, like it was mine too. Well, I didn't know, um, you know, reading this book because it's you know it's not necessarily like a read from first to last page. You know, you can flip around, obviously, look at your favorite characters. Um, but obviously, I wanted to read as much as possible when we were going to talk about it. But I managed to finally finish it, and at the end, there's almost this sort of surprise entry to me, like yes. sort of a uh, Easter egg, and, and I went. Wait, I don't remember this character. <laughs> and then, ah. Oh. And that's, of course, Verity Lambert gets her entry at the end, the uh, producer of Doctor Who, the first producer of Doctor Who ever. And so I thought that was very cool. It gave me chills a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really lovely and to, to include her in that, I just think. Because, of course, I mean, she is absolutely essential to, to this being a thing. And doesn't get the credit she deserves for being, you know, a woman producer 55 years ago. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so it was nice. I thought it was a nice honor. So, yeah, so it's, it's uh, I recommend, depending, you know, what you're looking for. But, but you know, check it out. Like I said, it wasn't that much on Kindle or Amazon. So, or, and I loved it. So Yeah, there you go. So, uh, very quickly, before we close, we can talk about the other book we read. We read, oh, what month were we in? Tenth Doctor. Doctor Tenth. <laughs> Doctor Tenth. Yes. So, that was an, an interesting uh, story. I'm trying to remember, did he have a companion? He didn't, did he? No. I don't think so. No. So, that was interesting. I guess this was during the uh, movie special, uh, yes. Doctor Tenth. <laughs> yeah. He was out with the Centaurans. Yes. Right. That's right. Talking about, I'm not your enemy. Yes, yes, trying to convince him, trying to convince the Santar in general that he was not the enemy. Um, And ultimately, they ended up having, what was the food they were there for? No, I'm forgetting that they were out of, so spoilers at the end. Yeah, it was like bacon or something ridiculous. I can't remember, but anyway. So, but anyway, but it was, it was was a a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, darling. So I can already tell you what we're going to be talking about next week. What are we going to talk about next? We haven't even discussed it, darling. How could you possibly know? (laughs) We'll, of course, be talking about episode two, The Ghost Monument, with another special guest. And so, um, if please tell us your thoughts about uh, the 13th Doctor, the first episode, what you liked, what you are processing, and what you're looking forward to. Um, you can reach me at NC Public Servant. You can get me at One Phoenix Theater. Or you can just add us at the network at Join Nerd Party or comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the nerd party. And uh, leave us a comment or rating in iTunes so that way we can... Uh, let people know more about this podcast and get more people talking who. So until next week, enjoy watching, listening, and reading the Doctor's Adventures throughout time and space. This is BBC Television.